covered in long, dark, brown, shaggy fur from head to toe, and described commonly from five to seven feet tall when on two legs. The beast is considered to be the definition of the mending of wolf and man. It is said to have strong, well-defined legs with knees that bend like those of dogs, and hands that resemble an uncanny mixture of human and a canine's paw. With the head of a German shepherd and claws to shred its victims, it would be wise to steer clear of the area of Bray Road at night. Those unlucky enough to witness it tell of its incredible speed, its terrible attitude, and its love for gnawing on the flesh of fresh roadkill. Careful now. Elkhorn can be dangerous when you're trapped on the side of the road with a flat tire, and those that don't heed the warnings of a chilled evening are sure to see something that they wish they hadn't. No, that's not a dog, nor is that a man. That there is the local werewolf, the Beast of Bray Road. Welcome back to Infinite Rabbit Hole. the infinite rabbit hole i'm your host jeremy and tonight we are gonna dive into one of wisconsin's best urban legends the beast of bray road but before we do that let's go ahead and say hello to the other hosts of the night jacob and kenzar let's start with kenzar kenzar how you doing today i'm good i'm just chilling you know hanging out what do you know of the beast of bray road not a whole lot to be completely honest with you good let's move on jake how are you doing today (laughs) I'm pretty wiped out, but I'm ready to be blown away. And I know pretty much everything about the Beast of Bray Road. Like, I could do this episode. But I'm going to let you do it and and laugh at you at your mistakes. That's not true at all. You don't know anything about the Beast of Bray Road. Except for what you watched on YouTube in the last 15 minutes. Yeah, which was a lot. (laughs) I watched all the interviews in five minutes, and I was like, that's it. <laughs> See, I did the same thing Jake did, but I was more honest about it. I know nothing. <laughs> well, that's not more honest. You know most of it as well. We're, we both got this. Sure, we can go with that. <laughs> Anyways, a little bit of background story on tonight's episode. Today was supposed to be something different. So I can't <gasps> remember if we had mentioned what the next episode was going to be on the last one, but. Whatever it was is now going to be in two weeks because this is actually going to be a two-parter. Today, we're going to break this episode into the first part, which is going to be the Beast of Bray Road and the history of it, as well as the story. And then the second part, we're going to dive into stories and encounters of of the creature, similar to how we did the, the Jersey Devil episode. Tonight, we have someone coming in from good old northern Illinois, but she grew up in southern Wisconsin, just about 20 minutes away from Bray Road in Elkhorn, Wisconsin. Caitlin, welcome to the Infinite Rabbit Hole. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for inviting me. Well, thank you for showing up. A little background on Caitlin here. Caitlin is my wife's best friend. My wife also grew up about 20 minutes away from Bray Road. And uh, I'll tell you something a little embarrassing is that before I joined the Navy, I actually lived up there too. Lived in Kenosha, which is, I'd say, about 30, 40 minutes away from Elkhorn, 
where Bray Road is, and I never took a trip out to Bray Road. Caitlin, have you seen The Beast? I have not. I might make that our summer adventure, me and the kids driving out there, though. It definitely is worth it. It's not too far away. Kids, wave at the werewolf. Hey. <laughs> we watch all sorts of sci-fi stuff in this house, so they'd be into it. Well, that wouldn't necessarily be sci-fi. That would just be there. Well, the the hunt, the adventure of finding. Uh, yes, until they see it snapping the head off of a raccoon on the side of the road. And... Hey, no one likes raccoons, I'm just saying. <laughs> She's got a point. They got <laughs> creepy little hands. They do have creepy little hands. I try to stay away from them. I had one jump at me one time, snarling and <laughs> yeah, Sounds freaked a little me out. Rabid. So, Caitlin, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you... hey over there, what are you laughing about? Uh, her pun. She said she said the raccoon sounded a little rabid. Ha 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 I don't get it. I don't get anyway. it either. <laughs> well, boys. So, Caitlin, what do you know about the Beast Bray Road? I know very little other than its name. Yes. I know that it's close, and and that's about as far as my knowledge goes. So every once in a while, because I'm also friends with Caitlin, I consider her one of my close friends, I check in. I'm like, hey, Caitlin, how you doing? She's like, oh, you know, just living my life, stitching things and making (laughs) things with my cricket and, and all. And I was like, hey, you know, you grow up next to the Beast of Bray Road. And she's like, yeah, I don't know what that is. I was like, well, that's a local creature. She didn't even know she grew up near this thing. Yeah, I just threw you under the bus, Caitlin. Go ahead. I know, I had to look it up. I get to learn a lot, and I'm excited. So basically, I brought someone on that lives near the epicenter of the story, but knows nothing about it. So I get to educate a local on their own story. I'm going to love it. Dude, that's cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. You guys ready to jump in? Hell yeah. Yeah. Yep. Ooh, am I allowed to do that? Yeah, Sorry. absolutely. You're part okay. of the episode. Talk. Okay. I cuss. <laughs> I didn't know if I was allowed to cuss. That was a... So we just learned that she does not listen to the show. It's okay. Are you sure? You're, you're talking to the it's three okay. people that listen to it right now, so don't worry about <laughs> it. <laughs> Speaking of, we just hit 20,000 listens all between the three of us. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> I saw that spamming the crap out of it. <laughs> All right. Let's jump into the beast. You guys ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Yes, sir. The first newspaper article referring to a werewolf like creature in southeastern Wisconsin's Walworth County was printed during the slow week between Christmas and New Year's Eve of 1991 in a free weekly newspaper called The Week. The area of concern was the cornfields just outside of the city of Elkhorn, and the rumors were running wild throughout the area of a creature resembling a stereotypical werewolf of legend, lore, and pop culture. But even though the free local newspaper's first mention of the beast was in 1991, articles in the archives of the library of other newspapers have mentions of an upright, walking, hairy creature as far back as 1936. Elkhorn has a population just a hair over 10,000 and is well known for its beautiful Norman Rockwell-esque town square. The residents are spread out and are known more for the farming lifestyle than the science fiction stories. 
Just east of the main area in Elkhorn lies the infamous three and somewhat mile stretch of pavement known as Bray Road. This road is mostly populated with old farms that have been passed down through families for generations, but there are plenty of areas for both predator and prey to live as well. Dotted between the rustic farmhouses and cornfields along Bray Road, there are stretches of forests, marshland, and meadows that are said to hide the beasts which made the road so famous. So, welcome to Elkhorn, Wisconsin, everybody. Thanks for the invite. Gosh, it's so pretty here. It is, right? <laughs> Tell us a little bit about Elkhorn, Caitlin. Ah, uh, I dropped off my cat at the vet there. Good. How's the vet in Elkhorn? Good. They gave me uh, some good kitty drugs to take home and dose my cat with. Good. Nice. Good. All right. Yes. Yes. This is this is a great episode. Let's do this. <laughs> 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 All right. Moving on. Linda Godfrey is well known as the historical keeper for the Beast of Bray Road and has written a handful of books mentioning the topic. One book, simply titled The Beast of Bray Road, is the best compilation of information centered around the creature and its history ever written. In her book, Miss Godfrey talks about how the stories began in the sleepy county of Walworth, Wisconsin. The whole thing began with a woman who worked as a local bus driver who contacted Linda Godfrey with rumors running wild amongst the high schoolers that there was a werewolf-like beast in the area surrounding Bray Road. The woman gave Godfrey the name of a girl who took her route and recommended that she look into the story. After getting the blessing of her editor, Linda set out to talk with the girl. She was amazed to find that not only did she know what Godfrey was referring to, but also that she was able to give an impressive list of other names that she can also talk to. Also to Linda's surprise, the list included the names of a few adults as well. So that's basically the, the, the beginning of the whole thing. We're going to get into those stories that Linda Godfrey got into when she was interviewing these young teenage children, basically, and the bus driver a little bit later. We'll get that into that beginning of episode two. So go ahead and put a, put a tag in there. Put your bookmark in this episode so you know what the very early stories of episode two are talking, referring to. This is it right here. So before we jump into more about the Beast of Bray Road, does anybody have any questions, comments, concerns? So it basically was the bus driver turned investigator. No. So the bus driver was getting worried about all the kids talking about a werewolf-like creature along Bray Road. It wasn't necessarily that she was an investigator, but come to find out that the bus driver also had a a sighting of something as well, which we'll go over a little bit later. Um, Linda Godfrey was the one that really shined a light on everything. And it's kind of hazy a little bit as to where the true beginning of the urban legend or this, this mythological creature along Bray Road actually began. But just for like a sturdy starting point, I started off with Linda Godfrey's investigation of the creature. Okay. And who is she? She was a reporter for the weekly newspaper Okay, from Elkhorn, Wisconsin, which was a free newslet. Okay. It's a weekly newslet. 
so it wasn't necessarily quietly a, a newspaper, but it was like one of those free ones that you get in your driveway and you throw away. <laughs> okay. The state of Wisconsin is extremely fruitful with a history of strange animals and creatures that stalk the nighttime tree lines along old dirt county roads. One of the earliest flaps that was described in Godfrey's book, The Beast of Bray Road, was a short series of stories told to her by a woman by the name of Patty Gill. Patty was born in 1948 in Appleton, Wisconsin, about two hours northeast of Elkhorn, and closer to the Green Bay area. She claimed that there was a rash of encounters in the years between 1958 and 1968 with a creature around the town that would hide in the shadows, growl, and snarl at all hours of the night. The creature was known for attacking doors and peering in windows as well as attacking parked cars while people were still inside of them. Witnesses claimed that the creature was not as big as a typical Bigfoot, but bigger than a typical dog, with most people claiming that the creature walked both on four legs and bipedally. It is hard to determine what this animal might have actually been. Could this be a very early flap of what we now know as the Beast of Bray Road? What about a relative? Well... Godfrey also points out the encounter of Richard Moe in 1964 in Wadsworth, Illinois, just about an hour southeast of Elkhorn, which includes an encounter with something with at least a 10-foot arm span and a set of large yellow eyes nearly 9 inches apart attached to a large head with a short pointed ears on top. Whatever it was, it had an interest in what Moe and his girlfriend were doing at the time in his car on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere. And when the couple spotted the creature's paws around seven feet apart, a distance that spanned from the front corner of the passenger side windshield to the back left corner of the back window, Mo jumped into the driver's seat and took off, never looking back. So what do you think they were doing, guys? <laughs> Mackin. They were trading Pokemon cards. Facts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally a thing then. Yep. They were playing with pogs. Mm. <laughs> Do you remember Pogs? Ah, <laughs> uh, good old Pogs. That was a very strange description. The smaller than a Bigfoot, but bigger than a normal size or an average size dog. Well, eventually you'll see that there's a lot of different stories about what could be a lot of different creatures around the area. Now... One thing I really got to point out is that the first story I talked about was a good distance away to the northeast of Elkhorn, and the second story was also a good distance away southeast of Elkhorn. Now, mm -hmm. the whole area here is just smothered in creature sightings, whether it be a Bigfoot-like creature or a werewolf-like creature. So are they all talking about the same thing? I don't know. It's kind of tough to say. Um is it all what the Beast of Bray Road is? I don't know, man. That's We'll get into that okay. deeper later. But I was sitting there thinking about it. I was like, what's the average size dog? And I was like, probably a lab, right? And right. I was like, Fred's 170 pounds. He is much bigger than a normal or average sized dog. But no one would look at Fred and be like, it's a beast. Like, they'd be like, like dang, that dog's a beast. And I'd be like, yep. And then versus a 800-pound ape. <laughs> Right. I'm just like I'm like, wow, what a weird description. It was bigger than a loaf of bread, but definitely not as big as a minivan. I'm like, oh <laughs> shoot. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, 
I'm like, man, that's a huge difference. That's a huge uh, variation, I guess. Listen, man, do I agree with it? I'm just reporting on it. That's all. Fair enough. <laughs> what about you, ladies? Anything? No, I think he hit it pretty spot on with the the, the very wide range in size. But, I'll admit, uh, that was a pretty dumb description. <laughs> yeah. Well, they were too busy and the windows were foggy. They couldn't size it right. <laughs> it was all that hog, hogging. They were pogballing <laughs> in the in the back seat. <laughs> when did uh, lawn darts come out? They were probably playing with lawn darts inside oh, yeah. the car. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Well, they already had weapons. They were fine. Oh, you know what they were doing? Sixty-four. Hmm. They were probably playing with their light brights. They probably found Ooh. something really, like a really dark road, super, super dark. And they're like, you know what would really work good out here? Fucking light brights. And listening to <laughs> Jailhouse Rock by Elvis on loop. Duh. Yeah. That sounds like an <laughs> amazing time, though. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds really good. Until, until something that could be as small as a dog or as big as a semi-truck happens to wander by. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> good one. All right, moving on then. The media began picking up the story first by the Janesville Gazette, about 30 miles west of Elkhorn. From there, the story went out on Associated Press, and within a few weeks, the story was being discussed by newspapers and news stations all across the country. Linda Godfrey began getting phone calls from places like Baltimore, San Francisco, Chicago, and Milwaukee, requesting to interview her for their radio show or TV shows. This was not such a good thing for the residents of the area, as many hunters began to show up and walk around the woods at night near and around Bray Road with loaded guns. These hunters would walk on private crop fields, yards, and even peek inside people's windows at night, trying to catch a glimpse of the true story of the beast. One place in a nearby... Bet <laughs> I bet they were. <laughs> oh, sorry, ma'am. I'm trying to find the beast. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> One place in a nearby Illinois town even sent busloads of people on quote-unquote werewolf tours to the sleepy town of Elkhorn. The story quickly spread from the news world to the entertainment world rather quickly. The story had been picked up by Spirit Magazine in October of 1992, and a crew for the show Sightings appeared in Elkhorn to interview witnesses for their series. But the beast was never actually highlighted in the program. Inside Edition did end up running a clip on the creature in 1993, and a movie just barely failed being made, which would have starred Mick Fleetwood, drummer and co-founder of the band Fleetwood Mac, starring as the Beast. One of the more interesting articles of entertainment to come out of the Beast scare was in February of 1992, when a DJ from Michigan took listeners on an imaginary hunt for werewolves in... Elkhorn, Wisconsin. But really, he just staged the entire thing from a park outside of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Now, remember, this was a radio show. This very early adaption of a docudrama came complete with witty characters and a horrific storyline, which ended with screams, snarls, and then silence. 
after the radio station admitted that it was all a story. Many people called in to state their opinion about how they believed they were really listening to people die at the hands of a werewolf, and some even compared it to 1937's Orson Welles' War of the Worlds. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you guys think? I think that they should have capitalized more on it right off the bat, just like not just a few werewolf tours and stuff like that, but I mean like really go all out on it. Right, sell t-shirts. Yeah. Pins. That's what we do, and we buy our t-shirts. Mm-hmm. Right. Hey, They're that I got good. your t-shirt. She did. She's one of the few people outside of us that have bought a t-shirt. Thank you, Caitlin. Thank you. You're welcome. I need another one. Yeah. She doesn't listen to the show. They're, they're good t-shirts. t-shirts. You know, yeah. I have not listened to an entire show because I have too much yeah. shit to do. But I do listen. Mm-hmm. Just not to the whole thing. Sure. You know, if I can poke you in the eye with this damn needle through the computer, I would. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> I'm a little children. Aggressive. Settle he down. Likes it that way. Ask his wife. <laughs> Anyways, now a lot of people are going to be missing a huge chunk of the story right here, and I did that on purpose. They're like, "What is going on? Who? What is the Beast of Bray Road?" This is kind of a little way of getting you to make sure that you come back for episode two when we talk about the sightings and the stories. Which it all will make sense once it's all said and done, I promise you. But let's just say that there were some events that happened, which caused the National Newswire to get involved, and the story spread like wildflower, wildfire, wildfire, you like that. So you you better not drop that link for the inside edition, or they'll be they'll be sitting there knowing everything about the story, like me and Ken's are. <laughs> I will definitely yeah. drop that link. <laughs> um all right you guys ready to move on oh yeah we get into the entertainment world the beast did end up making its way into the small screen a few times the beast of bray road was highlighted in an episode of the new version of in search of on the sci-fi channel as well as animal legends and lost tapes of animal planet and other programs such as haunted highway america's urban legends x and arcane Slammerang, In Search of Monsters, Expedition X, and Mystery Hunters on Discovery Kids Canada. Yeah, yeah there it is. A-, <laughs> a fictional drama ended up finally being made in 2005 by the Asylum Productions and was also made into a really badass documentary by the small town monster crew simply named The Bray Road Beast. Now, I tried to watch this movie I got to the first kill, and I, I couldn't watch it anymore. I was done. Done. Why not? It was horrible. That bad? <laughs> was it the monster? Was it just so terrible? Oh, it was everything, man. It was everything. I mean... You watch you watch Monster Quest, don't you? And that show is garbage. It's not garbage. It's dated. Garbage. Uh, dated hot trash. I would say that some of the episodes are hot trash, but there's some good episodes, dude. If you're If you're talking shit about... Monster Quest, you need to retry that. There's some good stuff there. Nah, I'll pass. Anyways. <laughs> I'll try anyway, it. I'll, I'll be the I'll be the I'll be the deciding vote. Just remember this stuff was like Sharknado oh, yeah. has better oh, animation than Monster that's Quest. That's not true at all. <laughs> well no, that's probably that's pretty, oh, that's true. That's Sharknado pretty true. is trash. <laughs> Sharknado is newer than Monster Quest. Yeah. Same budget though. Probably. <laughs> In any case, what was so bad about the movie? 
because I'm probably going to watch it and just be like, wow, uh, dude, it's time dude. I'll never get back ever. So <laughs> that's exactly what you're going to think, too. So the, the, the movie starts with them closing down a bar and there's like these the few dudes and chicks that are outside the bar and and like this one dude's like, babe, come on back. Let's do this. And she's like, no, I really don't want to wake up on your futon listening to your your uh, roommate snore or whatever. And it was really awkward, really dumb. And then the guy's like, hey, I heard that. And then the guy who's trying to get the girl to come back to his place is like, dude, shut up. I'm trying to get laid over here. And <laughs> and I was like, oh, my geez, dude. And she's like, just oh, super cringy. Yeah. Sounds like they, a sci fi original. Yeah, it's worse than that. <laughs> oh no! You are talking about like B flicks? This is like a G flick. Nice. Yeah, Yikes. the monster was like a sock puppet. <laughs> no, the monster. <laughs> the monster, honestly, like for how low budget the movie was, wasn't that bad. <laughs> a guy with a, a hairy face. I was straight up expecting like to see a dude in a hoodie <laughs> <laughs> as the monster, but. And honestly, the monster wasn't all that bad. I mean, you're going to watch it and be like, wow, that's a shitty monster. But like, look at the rest of the movie and just be like, okay, at least they put some kind of money into the monster. <laughs> you have to drop me a link for it in the chat because I, I'm a connoisseur of terrible movies. Oh, so. this, is, this, is a, this is a terrible yeah. movie. That's how I know that Monster Quest is so crap, you know? So the first <laughs> kill happens. Uh, she pulls over on the side of the road because her car goes dead. And... Mm. She pulls over and instead of them showing it like pitch black and dark and where there's no lighting whatsoever, she's literally under a spotlight. <laughs> <laughs> Her car broke down nice. under the only street light in 20 miles. <laughs> Isn't that how it always works, though? You're yeah, telling me yeah. that's never happened to you? It happens to me all the time. And then she gets Hello? sliced in the face by the claws and it's like, oh. she's like, oh, my face. <laughs> Oh, it's great. No, it wasn't great. But anyways, Caitlin, you going to watch the movie? It sounds like a really bad porn. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if it goes no. down. If you send if me the link, way. I'll watch it. I'll put the kids and they can suffer with me. You're an awesome. Yes. You're awesome. That is that <laughs> is parenting there. High five. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You guys ready to move on? Mm hmm. Yes, I'm almost done with part one already. Dang. These are short episodes. Well, this one's going to be a little on the shorter end, but the next one's going to be nice and long for you. Don't worry, bud. I'm married. <laughs> hey, everybody. Bear with us while we take this quick break. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. So what could it have been? Right? A lot of people will have more of an opinion after the next episode. But. Let's go down some of the options. There are tons of theories about what the Beast of Ray Road could have been. One of the more famous and 
common answers to this is that the creature is something called a dogman. In particular, a sibling, cousin, or the creature itself known as the Michigan Dogman. A radio DJ by the name of Steve Cook played a song he wrote titled The Legend live on air on April Fools of April 1989. Soon after the song played, he began getting many phone calls and reports of people or someone they knew who had a story about the same creature. This creature became known as the Michigan Dogman. And this is where our coverage will end for the Michigan Dogman for the night. Probably jump into this topic much further down the rabbit hole. Uh, because we actually already visited once, but we're going to revisit it because we did a terrible job. So don't go looking for that episode. In July of 1964, a man who wished to remain anonymous from Delvin reported witnessing a Bigfoot as he drove home from work between midnight and 1 a.m., just off of Highway 89, just northwest of Elkhorn. He first witnessed the creature in a cornfield on one side of the road as it jumped a fence about four and a half feet tall and proceeded to run across the road and jump the fence on the other side. He estimates the creature as being seven to eight feet tall and weighing north of 400 pounds. The creature was clearly running on two legs and looked like it could have been a very large and hairy human. In 1974, a woman from Fort Atkinson called the Department of Natural Resources to state that there was a large ape-like creature walking around in her yard. Upon investigation, there proved to be no sign of the creature, but two weeks later, the same woman called again completely terrified, this time claiming that the creature walked up to her front porch and began shaking her front door. This time, investigators discovered a slash on the side of her house seven feet above the ground, one of her horses, also, had suffered a 30-inch gash on its neck, and there were plenty of footprints this time. Now, one thing to remember is that there is an agreed-upon theory that there may be many different kinds of Bigfoot here in the U.S. One of those types is a type that we have not touched on yet in our American Bigfoot series, and that is the Gugly, or Face Eater type, which is known to be close to this general area, the Gugly is known to have very similar physical features to the typical Bray Road Beast description. More on the Gugly in a future episode of Infinite Rabbit Hole, of course. And a lot of encounter stories we'll be covering in the next episode that surround the Beast of Bray Road, there are a few telltale signs that point directly to Bigfoot. Strong, horrible smells, guttural screams, six to eight foot tall silhouettes, and general curiosity are just a few that may point at all of these sightings and stories, really being about our show's official-slash-unofficial mascot, Old Big Feets. It is well-documented in Lauren Coleman's book, Mysterious America, and in newspapers of the time that kangaroos were living freely in the wilderness of the Midwest in the 40s, and are still randomly seen and reported to this day. And don't forget, during author Denver Michaels' first appearance on our show, we discussed what he believed when it came to dogman sightings. He believes that kangaroos are responsible for the dogman phenomena that has swept the U.S. in recent years. The next culprit, the Borophagus, which was an ancient hyena-like dog found in North America sometime from the Pliocene to the Pleistocene roughly 10,000 years ago. In Godfrey's book, Near the end, she goes over a different angle for the answer of what the animal could be. 
a demon. She explains that the first ever article about the Beast of Bray Road in Strange Magazine included a quote from the June 1991 Milwaukee Sentinel article stating, quote, Pets mutilated, coal activity suspected in Lynn, in which there was a flap of mutilated animals popping up around the Lynn Township that included dogs, cats, unidentifiable skeletons with their throats slit and limbs decapitated and some even had their heart and other organs removed. This led authorities to start a search and investigation into possible coal activities in the area. To this day, there has been plenty of evidence of coal activity in the area, mostly centered around the area of Milwaukee, just 45 miles northeast of Elkhorn. In fact, the entire area has had a number of high-profile cases that include coal activity or satanic worship. In 2011, two women attempted to murder a man by stabbing him over 300 times in their Milwaukee apartment in an act that they later described as a satanic ritual. And in 2014, in Waukesha, 30 miles north of Elkhorn, two 12-year-old girls almost killed a classmate of theirs in order to appease the character of a famous urban legend known as Slenderman. But no matter what the creature actually is, one thing is for certain. The locals began to believe that there was something to all the sightings that were popping up. And when local police and a few members of the community began carrying silver bullets with them at all times, it became very clear that they believed what the creature was. A werewolf. 300 times? 300 fucking times. Dude lived. Someone, someone would look like he lived. He lived. He would look like hamburger That's meat amazing. after that. Yeah. Holy. Dude, dude fucking lived. Had to have held back. There's no way. Have you heard of that, Caitlin? No, the Slender Man thing I knew about, but <clears throat> that was national news. Yeah, the Slender Man one was a big case. I remember hearing about that. See, one that's too. international news because she's from Canada. Uh-huh. Same chunk of land. Nation. Ah. <laughs> uh-huh. 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 Knee so slapper. Funny. I know you guys don't have a really good description of it other than what I put in the intro. But out of all the things that I kind of brought up there, is there anything that kind of matches the description in your mind? I think it'd be more likely that it's a werewolf than a kangaroo. I don't know. Denver Michaels made a pretty good argument about it. Mm -hmm. A really good argument about it. The height, the, the way it jumps, the... Kangaroos are scary. I'll send you the video that uh, Denver sent me. And it's basically like this kangaroo at the sliding glass door. And this kangaroos have claws, man. They have like human looking hands and claws with pectorals and like delts that are just like. (laughs) I know they're super strong. Yeah. Like if I saw the silhouette of, of a kangaroo. I might think it's a dog or a werewolf. Just saying. It's crazy that people got so into it that they were, um, you know, walking around with silver bullets and stuff. I mean, that would be rather expensive. But at the same time, it's like, what could you really, like, where's the line between cult activity and, like, animal sacrifices in the woods and stuff like that and, um, you know, a 
quote unquote beast that's killing things out there mm-hmm. to the average person, you know, that's not that's just hearing about it. Right. You know, and I don't know, man, some of this stuff that we'll get into later could be cult activity. You know, and one of the theories, and I think I touch on it a little bit later, is the idea of a tulpa, where, you know, either a tulpa or something that's brought on by satanic worship, Mm -hmm. which would be even scarier. I don't want to, like, dig into your your sightings and stuff, but I, I mean, I did some research on it, but I didn't find any examples of it, like, killing people, just animals roadkill stuff like that unless you're going to get into it but it was just like you know when i think of a dog man or werewolf or something like that there's like people being attacked not just people stumbling upon something eating roadkill and then it jumps over a fence and they're like (gasps) you know oh no oh no there it is it's cleaning up the streets so we don't have to see that every day for the next (laughs) two weeks you know (laughs) i'm just saying if, uh, unless they're mad because it's that perfect time of the year and, you know, a deer gets creamed by a truck and you could just run out there and grab it, you know, and just yeah. like, because I mean, it's still, it's still good meat. People would be like, ew, gross. But I mean, you know, let's be real. And they're like, oh, that dang uh, beast stole that fresh kill. I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to. Like you said, I'm not going to dive into the sightings or anything or the stories. Yeah, you're um, not going to entertain me at all. I don't know. I not got right it. now. I'll entertain you later. Don't worry, bud. We'll get there. Ah, I'm so married, too. I'm so, <laughs> so fucking married. There are ladies in this chat room. I know. Jeremy's being all gross. I'm Goodness, trying to be like... Boys. I'm trying to be like scientific and 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 thinking about things and thoughts and whatnot. And he's over <laughs> here with his fake country accent and sexual innuendos. <laughs> Thinking about how much I love my wife. <laughs> she's so beautiful. I love her so much. She's gonna listen to this, and she's gonna hate me. Anyway, she's like, "You embarrassed me with <laughs> you your shenanigans." Me in front of Caitlin. Mm-hmm. Oh please. Oh yeah. No, no you don't even me. want to hear the things that my husband have said to me recently. I, I don't want to hear the things. You're right. You don't. I don't. He's like a 12-year-old boy sometimes of the weird things that come out of his mouth. Mm. They're entertaining though. <laughs> let's get let's get into what else it could be. Well, if it wasn't some mythological, cryptozoological or extinct animal, nor was it brought into this world by way of satanic rituals, then what real zoological animal could it have been? While the wildlife in Walworth County is vast, a ton of animal species that could fit into vague descriptions of the beast, do live in the area. The typical animals spotted are coyotes and foxes, but even some domesticated dog breeds get blamed as possible perpetrators, like the Great Pyrenees and an Irish wolfhound. Although rare, more dangerous animals wander into the area of and around Elkhorn, Wisconsin. Animals like the American black bear and gray wolf are spotted infrequently in the area, and cause many citizens to believe that the beast is no more than a large, deformed, or mangy black bear or wolf. What do you guys think? A Great Pyrenees is pure white, right. and they look like big, giant, massive poof balls. Hey, man, I'm just going off of what something look, said. 
I don't know who's out there seeing a great Pyrenees and they were like, Oh, it's a monster. You know? <laughs> it tried to lick me. What if it was a mangy great Pyrenees? What if it got into a mud puddle? Yeah, Ooh. I don't know. Kenzer looks like she's the expert in this. She's squinting. She knows something. Totally the expert here. Um, I know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, You're doing great, kid. Oh, thanks. So proud of myself over here. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. On the other hand, I like you the guys... mangy wolf idea. Right? Sorry, continue, Jake. Oh, no, I was going to say, have you ever seen a shaved bear before a shaved black bear they look like the guardians of the nightmare realm like if there was a mangy black bear holy moly i could see someone looking at that and being like that's a dang werewolf yep. dude shaved bears are scarier than the ones with hair <laughs> they're freaking terrifying because they <laughs> <Yep. laughs> their skin's black that? too yeah right. i know what? right oh my it's that not looks just like their a... hair it's their skin that looks like a giant mangy rat. Yeah. That is terrifying. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, if it was like a, a bear with like mange or, you know, something like that, yeah. I could absolutely see someone seeing that and being like, I have never seen that before in my life. And it's going to it's going to haunt my dreams forever. <laughs> you know? yeah. I mean, anybody listening to this definitely needs to take the time to Google what a shaved black bear looks like, because. It takes 30 seconds. I just did it. Yeah. You guys well, can too. <laughs> I mean, once you see it, you'll be like, oh, man. Imagine if this thing, because bears are known to get up on their back legs, right? And mm -hmm. and even walk a little bit on their hind legs. Man, if a, if a shaved or a mangy black bear got up in on its hind legs, this, this could be your beast of Bray Road right here. Now, I don't know about the jumping yeah. over fences and stuff like that could just right. be like some fluff around the story. But certainly bears are, you know, I mean, they're scavengers They're They do hunt and stuff, too. But, you know, that's why you got to keep your food up high and blah, 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 all this stuff, because they'll try to eat it all because they're scavengers. And they'll find roadkill. They'll eat it. But, yeah, if it was something like that, like even if it was just one in one area and it kept getting sighted. Like, that would be enough to cause quite a flap. <laughs> yeah. People are just like, there's a monster out here. Especially if people didn't know what they were looking at. Because, I mean, yeah. You guys ever seen this hairless baboon? <laughs> Dude, no. that's creepy. A hairless baboon? Yes. Go ahead. I'll wait. Oh, dang. Oh, jeez. Oh. <laughs> my <laughs> what is that okay i'm gonna have nightmares now thanks <laughs> no that oh is my gosh. Oh that is really terrifying actually baboons are really mean yeah wait till yeah, you see this hairless one <laughs> no thank you good to go <laughs> so glad we don't it have that like problem here dead. It looks like a zombie. Yeah, it looks like a, a zombie of sorts. Oh my gosh. Right? There she goes. She saw it. Gross. Yeah. To say in the least. Well, if you're listening to this, you may have gotten an incomplete episode because you guys don't know any of the stories. But you sure the fuck got entertained by Googling Harry Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, move along. Native American lore. This one's for Jake. He likes this stuff. Yeah, I like this stuff. One other very common answer to what the Beast of Bray Road may be is a Native American creature or spirit, such as a malevolent Wendigo or Skinwalker. Side note, right? Nope. Obviously, the Wendigo <laughs> nope. does not fit the description of the beast in more ways than one, but it is a common idea that weekend warrior, cryptozoologists, and spiritualists toss around, so I included it. But I do not believe that what we're dealing with with the Beast of Bray Road to be a Wendigo whatsoever. So please go easy on the hate mail. I just included <laughs> yeah, it because are... it is included everywhere else. Okay. Those there are like is. two different ends of the spectrum there. Yeah. All right. So before 1900, native tribes were forced out of Southern Wisconsin. Some of these tribes are the Ojibwa, Ottawa, the Saw, Fox, Ho-Chunk, and Potawatomi. With them, the removal of many burial mounds took place to make room for the new residents, and this is where many people believe that what haunts the woods and the back roads of southern Wisconsin may actually be a spirit once long casted away by Native peoples. There are, and were, so many burial mounds in this area that there are now recognized national monuments and protected reserves that stand as a reminder and a memory of what was once there. Animal effigy mounds were also common in the area. Mounds shaped like thunderbirds, panthers, lizards, and turtles were just a few of the ones that we know stood in the area. Some still stand to this day. In an interview with Sean Hannity of Fox News, National News Television Channel, Linda Godfrey stated that she had made a map of these mounds across Wisconsin and a map of what she calls Wolfmen sightings, as the visuals of the two maps overlay each other, it becomes clear that the locations of the sightings in the ancient Native American mounds do in fact share more than just a tie with each other in Native lore. Another creature that the Loe Natives had stories about in their traditional lands of Wisconsin before ultimately moving as far south as Oklahoma is the Shunko Warakin. The Shunka Warakin is thought to have been a known prehistoric relative of the hyena, typically referred to as a ringdocus, that was black or brown in color, high shoulders and a back that sloped down to its hindquarters. The creature's name to the Iowas, Shunka Warakin, means carrying off dogs. There have been stories all along the northern Midwest states of creatures matching the descriptions of ringdocus. In the book Cryptozoology A to Z by Lauren Coleman and Jerome Clark, they reference a cryptozoologist by the name Mark A. Hall that has documented sightings of, quote, mean-looking, near-wolf-like, and hyena-like animals from Alberta, Nebraska, Iowa, and Illinois. There is even a mounted taxidermied ringdocus in existence and currently at the Madison Valley History Museum and is owned by the Idaho Museum of Natural History. Stand by. This might be something we dive into deeper, but in order to stoke the fire behind the Native American spirit theory a little bit, Linda Godfrey mentions in her appearance in the Bray Road Beast documentary by Small Town Monsters that during her research on Bray Road itself, she came across books in the local library that referred to what is now known as Bray Road as a popular Native American trail 
that eventually led them to a few different lakes that were common to be used for their summer living. Coincidence? I don't know. What do you guys think? I think uh, Indian burial grounds have a lot more to do with stuff than we give them credit for. I think Indian burial grounds have nothing to do with anything except being a cemetery for Indians. Well, mounds are a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Not only did they bury their dead, but they also buried a lot of trinkets that were possessed or thought to be possessed, a lot of pottery, a lot of art. It was also thought that they would they would bury anything that would cause their their tribe or village to have some sort of danger, right? So let's say if there was a bear that was causing them a lot of danger where it was going around killing a lot of people while they were out hunting. When they finally killed it, they would add it or have it put into one of these mounds. So the beast is like Cujo. That's it? That's all you guys got? Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm still waiting to get into these sightings. Did you look up the uh, ring docus? I did. It's not as big as I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be some like crazy big wolf or something like that. It really isn't that wild. Well, I mean, wolves are big, you know, mm-hmm. but it's just like, I don't know. It wasn't it wasn't what I expected it to be. Right. But the fact is that they've done DNA testing on this thing and it does not match any canid in the world. Which is pretty cool. What, the ring docus? Yeah. It was shot by a farmer in Iowa, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. And it now is in a museum in Utah or not Utah, uh, Idaho. And apparently like this thing was like killing livestock and crazy shit. You can actually see a picture if you, if you Google ring docus, R I N G D O C U S. There's a picture of the man who shot it standing mm-hmm. next to the, the taxidermied body. It's actually a pretty, pretty interesting. I mean, you look at the body structure and it looks like a hyena. Yeah. Right. the, the butt is tapered downward and the chest is beefy, mm-hmm. you know? I suppose if something like that was running around, then it would be like, be like, oh, geez, that's a crazy looking wolf or dog or something like that. I don't know. Right. It's I'm still kind of in limbo with this whole thing because it's like nothing we've talked about so far with exception of the exception of the hairless bear has even come close to where if I was just I don't know. I don't want to say walking in the woods, but say like out on a unoccupied road or whatever, right? Empty road, just me. And I saw something like this or I had car troubles because I mean, it happens. And I saw something like this, you know, that I would be like, say anything other than like, dang, that's a crazy looking dog, (laughs) you know, (laughs) or that's a dang, that's a big wolf or something like that, you know, that I would be like, oh my gosh, it's a beast. Or it's a monster, or I have no idea what that is, or something like that, you know, that I would go to anybody else and just be like, I saw I saw a monster out there. <laughs> Versus, well, I saw some big giant dog. <laughs> I don't know. And, you know, like you said, without the, the stories and everything, mm-hmm. it's going to be very hard to determine what what our opinions are on this thing. Yeah. Um. And but that's it. That's all I have. That's the whole story in the background of the Beast of Bray Road. And I know a lot of people are gonna be listening to this, and be like, "This fucking episode sucked." But you know what? Yes. 
this was <laughs> it was the history of a local urban legend or cryptozoological creature, which is actually, you know, something close to me personally when it comes to Caitlin and, and my wife. So this mm-hmm. is something I really wanted to cover and I wanted to, to do really good. Uh, I can promise you I didn't miss anything. <laughs> I, <laughs> I uh, definitely dug in and, and got probably more than than what I was expecting, to be honest with you. I was expecting to do all this in one episode, but I have quite a bit of sightings that we're going to go over in the next episode that will uh, maybe spice up this episode a little bit more. So, Caitlin, did you learn anything today? I learned a lot. It makes me really want to go to Alcorn and start messing around. Well, don't, because all the farmers get pissed when people do that. Well, I'm not <laughs> talking like trespassing and all that nonsense. I'm just looking for the beast. <laughs> I mean, it just depends how many of these I get to have. Yeah, and I'm just looking for a beast. You're like hacking yeah. up a cow and being like, I need bait for the beast. <laughs> yeah, see, that's what chicken liver's for. Yeah. <laughs> there was a story that I that I did not include where a guy put out a bucket of KFC as an attempt to try to lure the oh. beast. <laughs> Does it work? No. <laughs> Probably brought in no. plenty of raccoons. So. <laughs> it was anyway. actually Linda Godfrey and somebody else that went out there and they put the bucket of KFC out and uh they ended up not being able to stay out there the entire night, but when they went back the chicken was gone out of the bucket. I mean, oh, weird. Could have been anything. <laughs> I mean, should have could have been a hobo. <laughs> look, if I rolled yeah. up on a bucket of KFC, I'd be like, "Well, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Finder, but, finders keepers rule, You're right? Yeah. But yeah, that's it. That's that's the whole background of the Beast of Bray Road. Can now, we give? Can... can we give speculation prior to getting into the second part? Fuck yeah, we can, dude. Go ahead, you start us, and then we'll get into. So, my first initial thoughts on it, I think that, well, since I believe in the possibility that Sasquatch could exist, and I'm very iffy when it comes to werewolves, dogman, that sort of stuff, and I really like the kangaroo idea, I want to say right off the bat that this, to me, sounds like mistaken identity for probably it's going to be some of the sightings just because you gave that very strange description earlier. I'm I'm going to assume that that's going to go into some people that are probably going to be describing, describing a Sasquatch or juvenile Sasquatch. Um, probably describing some other things that are, certainly could be, you know, big dogs or, you know, I don't know. I've never seen a wolf man. I've never seen a a dog man or whatever, or as the inside edition said, a man wolf. I've never seen any of that stuff, but you know why not? Why couldn't it exist? But yeah, I don't know. I um, I always like to be err on the side of mistaken identity, but uh, I think he did a really good job with the the backstory of it. It it puts us in a good spot for getting into all the all the craziness, and then we can be like, okay. That makes sense, you know. All right, Galen, what do you, what's your initial thoughts? What do you think the Beast of Bray Road is? I would like to assume that it's, you know, a bear with some skin <laughs> issue. Yeah. Um, but realistically, with 
like kind of like what Jake said, you know, with all the sightings and everything all throughout, you know, the whole freaking world of a Bigfoot Sasquatch, like it's just, it's some, there's got to be, not all of them can be this one bear throughout how many years. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got to, there's got to be something deeper there than that. I got it. I understand. So basically what you're saying is that there has to be a population there that right. has, has been there for a while. Right. Because and it's crossing one, over decades. And one Meiji bear is not going to do that. Right. Got it. What about you, kid? It's kangaroos. <laughs> kangaroos. I like it's the kangaroos. Hairless kangaroos. Hairless kangaroos. Yeah. Rabid hairless kangaroos. Now yeah. I gotta Google this. Eat- Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Rabid, hairless kangaroos that eat roadkill. <laughs> They've got a lust for blood. <laughs> it's unquenchable. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Dude, no, it's the kangaroos. Freaking monsters. I swear. Dude. It makes sense that there there would be there could be a population of kangaroos. They're big, scary, terrifying creatures. If I saw one in the dark that was all beefed up, I I'd I'd be shitting my pants. <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> that one video that made it big a couple years ago, that dude punching the kangaroo in the yeah. face. That's yeah, what I was thinking about that thing was as tall as him. It's crazy. I, don't, I mean, I don't know how big, how tall the guy was, but that thing was as tall as him. And it, I know they can get, you know, they can stand way up high. But that they was, you know, wild. Big, big muscular I like a, kangaroos. I like, the, I like the hairless bear idea too, but I, I, I swear it's kangaroos. It's got to be kangaroos. Yeah, yeah. I agree. But at the same I think. time, at the I same time, agree. I mean, if if this area that you're describing is as desolate as you described, then it would make sense that people would see a number of different things. And if there's hysteria out there to say that, like, oh, my gosh, there's a monster running around out there and people saw a Sasquatch or they saw a kangaroo or shoot, they saw a wolf man. Why couldn't why wouldn't people describe it as all being the same thing and saying, I saw the beast of Bray Road, you know? So I think that it could be a number of different things, and we'll see when all the when you report all the sightings to us. Yeah, you know what their yeah, descriptions are and that. stuff. You know, I'm sure Caitlin kind of kind of nodded her head a little bit when you were talking about if it's really as desolate. Caitlin, you got it anything? Is. It's it is fucking out there. There's nothing like good luck finding a gas station off the main road. Like it's there's nothing out there. Nice, that's. A perfect spot to go hunting for a beast. <laughs> I mean, and come if on, we want to, you know, yeah, we have a place to sure. stay. We can stay with Caitlin and just take over yeah. our house. Come on, we gotta start doing this stuff, man. We're we sitting do. here like, oh, we'll do it one day. Now my wife has to go and get knee know. surgery. You know. Yeah, let but I can. When. I can actually convince my wife to go on that trip. <laughs> yes, you could. Yes, she was like, you could. I'll go hang out with Caitlin. It's fine. I know, Jeremy and I are going to be in a it. tent out in, the, out in the sticks. Oh, well, you know. Depends I'll be able to join one day. Anytime you want, girl. You let me know. I'll be there. All right. Sounds like a good summer trip. <laughs> I'm going to put out my thoughts, right? And I you have, don't get to do that. I, I have the you advantage of knowing the, the stories. But listen up, <laughs> Jacob. <laughs> 
I'm going to yeah, spit some go. facts at you. <laughs> so I, I have some information that I was going to save for a much later episode uh, where I do. Which was this, episode two. No, no, this <laughs> this whole topic, right, mm-hmm. has really put me down the rabbit hole of the werewolves. And I'm going to take a break from the whole upright walking canines for a while. Because uh, I'm doing another canine type episode here very soon. But. I know it is. I will say that I believe that there is a lot of historical evidence for an upright walking canine in history. And people saw these things. Let's I'm going to call them dogmen. That's my favorite term to go by, right? What the, what is this upright walking canine creature? A lot of people will call them werewolves, but I like dogman because that's kind of the, the term that we use here locally here in the United States. What if the difference between a dogman and a werewolf, right, is that a werewolf shapeshifts from a human to a dog man, right? Mm-hmm. A werewolf. And the dog a man. Right. And a dog man doesn't shapeshift at all. It just always is what a werewolf turns into Mm -hmm. what if people were actually spotting these dog men but because you know you're you're dealing with a more primitive thought about things you look at something that stands on two legs and you're saying there's no way that that's not really a human and they think the first thing that pops in their head Mm -hmm. is this has to be a human that turns into this thing. Well, plus you have decades of Hollywood behind it, you know, already shaping people's ideas. If they saw something like that, be like, that's a werewolf. I want to fact check something really quick. Okay, good. So the word where, I don't have a language for it. It just has a, a translation. It does not give me a language. But the word where in some language looks like old high German. Where means man. So the term werewolf actually means man wolf. You go back to even Egyptian times, right? And what was one of the most famous, most popular hieroglyph that anybody's familiar with seeing, right? It'd be, I think it's Nubis, right? Anubis, Anubis, yeah. Anubis, mm-hmm. which is a, a jackal. Well, what if that was a dog man, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's, these stories uh, from Greece and some of the very, very early Olympic games where not only were it was only humans, but there were also a race of dog people. Hmm. All I'm saying is, is that if it turned out that, I, I, dude, I'm telling you, dog man used to be like smoking crack. You're like, no way, dude, this is not a thing. But this whole Beast of Bray Road thing really sent me down the werewolf rabbit hole, and I cannot wait to dive into it more. Jeremy's going to be licking water out of a wolf print during a full moon, like the next one that comes up. He's going to be over there <laughs> sucking it out of the wolf print, like <laughs> rainwater, and be like, soon, soon I'll find, I'll get my final form. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I I think that this could be a dogman. I really do. Mm. Fair enough. Says the guy with all the research. Says the guy with all the research. <laughs> yeah. So, 
that is it. That is the end of episode one. The background and story of the Beast of Bray Road from Elkhorn, Wisconsin. Caitlin, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Caitlin. Caitlin also has a new Facebook page called Caitlin's Creations, right? Yeah. When we post this episode, I'll go ahead and post a link to that. So if anybody wants to get something by Caitlin, they can reach out to you, right? Can they do that? Awesome. For sure. For sure, right? Look, look, this had a benefit that she didn't even know was going to happen. I did not. Yeah. Trying not to be red on screen here. (laughs) (laughs) But, um... That's it, guys. You guys ready to jump into sightings and stories? I need to take a bathroom break. Good, because we won't do that until next week. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! All right. That's Come on. That's been another episode of the Infinite Rabbit Hole podcast. We'll see you next week when we dive into the Beast of Bray Road stories and sightings. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you.